Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. Uh, we've just lost 3-1 at Brentford. Really disappointing at both ends of the pitch. Very little went right. Didn't create enough chances. Looked vulnerable at the other end. And all in all, a thoroughly depressing night. Uh, I'm Dave O'Shea, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk. And two brave, hardy souls joining me to discuss this one. Julian Richards and John Gallagher. So I saw a stat on Twitter a couple of days ago. Uh, I don't know if it's right or not because it's Twitter, so who knows. And it said, in 2022, we picked up more points than any other Premier League team. Now, I think it's fair to say that's not going to be the case in 2023, um, if today's anything to go by. Uh, Jules, do you want to just kick it off? What What did you think? I can't say I was surprised. I think we rode our, rode our luck massively against Leicester. That we won two when we didn't have a you know we didn't score a goal ourselves. Brentford, uh, I know it wasn't quite an evening kickoff, but Brentford and these night kickoffs, these under the lights, all that nonsense. That stadium's quite small. They get behind the team. I always felt like it could have been a, a possible banana skin. And then the game starts. Uh, for the first ten minutes, we look all right, and then they score, and then. It's like a, a gale force wind has blown through the window and blown all our papers and plans up in the air and we're scrabbling around looking for them. And we're, by, before you know it, we, we're 2-0 down. Like, <clears throat> there was no cohesion. Uh, there was no sort of grip on the game, really. We seemed... To, it's, I, wish I, I wish I was more tactically astute, you know, <clears throat> to be able to pinpoint what's happened here, but it just seems like we've lost all identity. Um, that everything that made us good has gone. We're like a band where that were really, really good and had loads of number ones, and then three of the members left, and only one person's left, and it's just not the same anymore. It's a bit shit. It's and Salah's the one who's like still here, going like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all right, but like, yeah, but the drummer's left, the bassist is left. You, you know, you sing, but you don't write the lyrics. What it, what is this that we're seeing now? Yeah, we're still the same. It's like you know Queen without Freddie Mercury. They still tour, and Brian May's going like, oh, we're still Queen. Like you're not though, are you, Brian? You're not. You know, <laughs> everyone thinks of Queen, they think of Freddie Mercury, and he's dead. So it's not really the same thing. You know, it it, it just it does it 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 doesn't look right. It doesn't and it doesn't feel right when you watch the team anymore. There's no intensity there. There's no um, there's no level of calmness with or without the ball suddenly defending for us has become like you're watching Roy Evans's team like you just don't know what's going to happen except at least we have a competent goalkeeper because Allison's about the only player consistently this season you can say no he hasn't dropped off he looks yeah. exactly the same in fact he might even be better because he's being called upon more than he would normally be called upon um, <clears throat> so I can't say any of this was a surprise the goal that they scored was a bit unlucky, the deflection and and all that. But Brentford threw, you know, some offside, some, you know, handballs and that. Got the ball in the net four times tonight. Five. Five after, yeah, I forgot about the final goal. Five times they got the ball in the yeah. net tonight. And none of them I can say, yeah, we, you know, that was that wasn't that wasn't close. They they played, they played well, right? And and. You know, I've seen without the in, best in, player as well. Let's let's get without that the out best there. player without Tony. And I've seen I saw in the chat tonight now, and um, 
some of the lads are a bit like you know sky going overboard about this Brentford beat us for the first time since the 30s. Now, granted, they haven't been in the top flight for most of that, but they still haven't beaten us for, since the 1930s. So, not only they beat, the last time they beat us, the first Second World War hadn't happened. So, not only that, this is Brentford. This isn't Manchester City walloping us, or Newcastle with their millions, or even like a steady Premier League team that have been, you know, mid-range Premier League team. Like when Southampton beat us, they've been, you know, they've been knocking around in the Premier League for for a while now. Not doing very well, but they've been there. This, you know, this is Brentford, and they've they've played us. They've played. They they haven't panicked against us. They had a little bit of panic in the second half, but they've played their game. They know exactly what to do against us, as most teams seem to do now. We, we, it's an open book on how to beat Liverpool, um, and you know they deserve all the praise that's, that's going to come their way, whether it's over the top or not. That's not for us to say. Uh. <laughs> I, look, their fans are entitled to celebrate. You know, it's a, it's a big thing for them. No problem. But but Sky pundits dancing, look, and but getting they involved. Do, like, but uh, they, they've, I know, they right. did, they've done sit. that though. I know they, they are. Gonna, you know, I'm I'm just saying it doesn't sit right. People need. Well, first of all, Liverpool fans are going to have to get a lot, a lot less, uh, a lot more thicker skin this season because there's going to be more defeats coming along this season. So, taking umbrage with how Sky want to report on things it's like but you're gonna to have to get used to that like i've no pro if sky want to do that any broadcaster does it no matter what it is you're gonna put like if it's a big story you're gonna put a bit of a spin on it and brentford the way the gtx stadium is and brentford fans are it's like oh it's a big sing song it's a big dance ah, it's not my problem you know i'm gonna to refer to an old sports adage if you want to stop that beat them that's how you stop that yeah, you don't I mean, lose three one. Look, you don't you lose brought three, that one up. You're the yeah. one who brought no, it up. No, no, but I'm saying, I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm. What I'm saying is, I've got no problem with it. Any of it. It's not my problem. I don't care. It's, it's fine if they want to celebrate like that, and it's fine if Sky want to take the narrative. They've just beaten Liverpool. We were really good. We were getting ninety odd points a season. We did win the league a few years ago. This is a big result. Seventh it's, just beat sixth. Let's just put that into some perspective. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventh just beat sixth. But that's not really, you know, that's like when Ipswich came up into the Premier League and got like into fifth or whatever, and it's fourth. But it's still Ipswich. That's still a big story, and it's still Brentford being in seventh is a really big story from because they're Brentford. Yeah, good that's, for them. I, I, yeah. look, I, I've got nothing but, you know, respect for for Brentford and what they do. No, no problem with Brentford whatsoever. Uh, no problem with the fans celebrating. Good luck to them. Great night for them. Fully deserved. Good performance. They've deserved everything they've got. All I'm saying is I just didn't like fucking that clown, fucking Micah Richards. And then obviously Gary Neville's going to join in. But I, I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get like diverted by all, all this anyway. Because our problems no, are no, way bigger than that. You know, it's, it's just noise. There's far that's... more to be pissed off about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just to wrap up. I wasn't surprised. Brentford are a handy side and they exposed all of the problems that we've had. The one thing I'll say before I hand this to John is this is now going to happen for the rest of the season. If anyone's under any illusions that like the break of six weeks for the World Cup, we're going to hunker down and review film and tactics and get it sorted. It no. isn't getting sorted this season. This is now the season. You're going to have to label, you can label this as a transition season if you want. But this is this is now the season. Uh, but if it's a transition season, I'm telling you now, Jude Bellingham isn't solving this no. problem on his own either. John. Yeah, I mean it's 
I'm not surprised as Julian said. It's one of those. You look at the past few games where we've won four on the spin, and let's let's be frank about it. None of them have been convincing, shall we say? Um, you know, we beat Leicester, played well in parts against Villa. You, you know, looked quite threatening, scored some good goals. Um, but even then, at two-one, Villa were, you know, massively in the game. And the two games prior to the World Cup, you had the uh, Spurs and Southampton games, and they were scratchy performances shall we say so I've not been convinced by the winning streak if you like um, you know just get, it's just about getting the points on the board but it did feel like another defeat could have been possible at any stage and you know you're walking into the buzz sort of Brentford away as Julian said under the lights you know they've had some good occasions there to be fair to them since they've come up and you know totally deserve the win it's like First half, it's so like you started relatively well. You know, we looked on the front foot first ten minutes or so, but just seemed to peter out. Like we, it seems to happen a fair bit to us at the second moment. Second half as well. Second half as well. First ten, fifteen mm. minutes of the second half, but we we never seem to sustain things like the way we used to. Um, no. you, you know, there's no completeness about the performances. You know, we've still got quality players, so you're still going to have quality moments throughout games. You know, that that's a given. Um, but in terms of the, as Julian said, without being a master tactician or anything, there's something fundamentally not right with us. Um, you know, you look at how we used to defend. You know, press high up the pitch. You know, we'd leave two at the back. Um, that's just not working anymore. Um, for whatever reason that is. Um, as I say, there'll be people more qualified than me who know the answers to that. Um, but it's just a bit of a mishmash of a performance again you know it's, we just look weak you know there's no solidity or you know composure about us you know I, to be fair I did hear before well, did someone say after the game was it Carragher said that was our first set piece we've conceded this first season corner. Yeah, first, first corner first corner sorry right so something like that you think you go back to the last season game against Brentford so that was a night game as well you know three all draw and you think, will we? I don't know how many players started that day, but would we a bit spooked by what we think that they can do from set pieces? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But just felt like when you know balls were coming in the box, it was just causing havoc. And you know, we never, uh, you know, from maybe half hour onwards, we just looked all over the place um, for that latter part of the first half. We had a good first ten. Then it just sort of went a bit passive. Then it just went to chaos. Then, yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I, I suppose I want to start with uh, I'd said after the Man City game, kind of disregarding that one a little bit, and it was the next three games that was going to tell me if what we did in the break had actually you know done anything to help. Uh, we had like pretty good performance at Villa, a little bit flawed in some ways, but overall you'd take that it was decent enough. The Leicester game was shit, but we got the points. So tonight was like really important. It was like, okay, I need to see something bounce back from not playing well against Leicester. The players all knew that it was bad. You could see like how down they were about it. So you like to think, okay, they're going to come out and like really, you know, make amends for the Leicester performance. And yeah, they started like the the game was first 10, 15 minutes was pretty decent. Um, and then. It, as you said, we, we don't sustain it. And then I, I just thought after that, when we had the spell at the start of the second half when we scored, and then did we even have a chance after we scored? Did we have any clear chances after the goal? 
I mean, we had all the momentum with us, and you thought, yeah, we're on top of yeah. Was that uh, was that even a chance? That was just it was. Uh, it's, that's I don't really class that as much of a chance. Is that Nunes even if when that's he like, sort of drive wide. That's Harry Kane in that situation. How many I think times it was definitely a scoring? chance. Maybe How one out of ten from there. So, and and that's Harry Kane. So you know, it's you like to think maybe he let the target and and forced to keep it into a save, but I wouldn't call it a clear chance. Um, and other than that, you know, hardly anything. We've we've just not threatened them. Um, we're, we're weak defensively, easy to create chances against. And tonight we didn't really look much of a threat and attack, which is worrying because we're we're hanging our hat on that really because I think we kind of know. Look, we're going to be shit at the back. That we're just going to um, we've we've give up. They said like we've give up more big chances than any team in the league, including the teams at the bottom. If that's right, fucking hell. I mean, Bournemouth must have given up like 20 in that one game against us. How have we given up more big chances? It's it's mental. Um, and twice as many as the teams above us. So that tells you <laughs> where the problem is. Now, by that, I'm not saying that's like the back four's fault. You know, it's a collective issue. Everyone goes on about the midfield. We've spoke about it loads. I think it's more than that. You know, I don't... The thing with the midfield... They're not bad players. It's not like we've got a load of shit players in midfield. We might not have players who are suited to how we want to play. That's the issue. But I'm also looking at it now, and I don't see how like Jude Bellingham comes in, and that doesn't happen tonight. You know, it's gonna take. It's it's more than one player is needed to fix that, and. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that the way we want to play, we can't play like that. That is not going to work. We're going to have some games where we, we, we'll look all right and we'll win games because we've got so much quality. But games like tonight are not going to be... It's not like one of those... Remember, like, we, we got beat by Watford, didn't we, in the team in the season when like uh, you know we were winning every single game. We won the league that season and we had like a stinker at Watford. But you knew that was just a one-off and it's like, okay frustrating you know would rather it hadn't happened but we know that's not going to happen again that's just one of them things that's not it now this is this is kind of like you know how many games have we lost now is that six five five in the league yeah it's it i mean that was like yeah that uh, that's two seasons worth of defeats that we've we've got already in 17 games uh, yeah. Just it's it's not right. It's five not out of seventeen. Whatever we did over the break, yeah. that has not changed the thing. Um, and clearly, what whatever like they thought they could they could fix is not going to be fixed with the the squad of players we've got. The only way it changes is with it's, um, it's, personnel. Uh, it's a bit like the whole intensity is our identity thing because there's no intensity, so there's no identity. It it comes down to something as basic as that. There's no. There's no intensity in the team anymore. The press doesn't really exist in the same way anymore. We've lost a lot of pace from the team as well. And so we're left with this kind of pedestrian midfield, um, an attack that's like not knitted together with um, superglue and, uh, and sellotape rather than any sort of cohesion because because two of them are injured. Um, and Salah and, and Nunez are starting to show signs of work together, but to be fair to those two, they're getting isolated from. We're not when we're attacking, we're not, we're isolating them from the attack, so they're not even getting into the game half the time. And you can't say, oh, that's that's Darwin being being poor, or that's Mo not bothering. It's that they can't they can't unless Mo comes deep for the ball. Sometimes he's just way too isolated by the by the, from the midfield. He always and seems I've, to I've, have to beat like three or four players every yeah. time he gets the ball. He's never one yet, on one. 
you think when there's three or four players around him, well, that means someone's got to be wide open in space. Mm. And yet we're so slow getting the ball across to whoever that is. Yeah. It, it doesn't just matter by the time we get it there. Yeah, I mean, you just look at what Brentford did in that first half. I mean, they, I think they scored. And then, yeah, we had loads of the ball, but it was just like side to side. There was them. no like in front of them. You know, they had the back five mm. and then the three and then the two. And it was like... I'm, that's been a constant problem of for years, right? Oh, and the different managers, especially at Anfield, that players would come park the bus and we wouldn't be able to break them down. And the only reason we managed it well under Klopp was, first of all, he, he, he utilised Coutinho well, and then once Coutinho was gone, the team was remade. It was just by sheer power and pace or overwhelming yeah. them. And now yeah. we haven't got either, we haven't got Coutinho, well, we wouldn't want Coutinho, but we haven't got that sort of intricate player and nor do we have the power and pace to over- overwhelm the teams anymore. Yeah, like, so we're just left with a sort of plodding midfield. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you'd have Sadio making those dynamic, yeah. you know, not only one player, he'd make those little, like, runs in behind and, you know, to be, you know, like, dynamic runs, but that's not just, there. I mean, you just want, like, Elliot's playing too much, right? I've got, I, I, I still think, Harvey Elliott's a, a fine player and could be a fine player, but he's 19. He's playing too much in a misfiring team here. He shouldn't have started and today. He's not bringing enough to the table right now to be starting as many games as he is. He, sometimes you just need that. You know, he's 19. You know, he's not like a prodigious talent like Trent was at 19. Sometimes he just needs taken out of the firing line. But tonight, if you think well, Fabinho played and Thiago played, if, if a player as dynamic and selfless as um, and tireless as Wijnaldum was playing in midfield, you might see something similar to, you know, what what we used to over the last five years. And that's not pinning it on Elliot, don't get me wrong, you know, that isn't pinning on him at all. But I, more of a highlight that the Wijnaldum style of selfless, energetic player is missing from that midfield because that's not Elliot's game. And so again, it's, none of these midfielders on their own in isolation are bad players. They're not, but it's not working together at the moment. Nothing, no combination really works that well in there anymore. We can't play the way we want to play with with no. the personnel that we've got available. It, it, so the Brexit midfield was like <laughs> the so-called Brexit midfield was actually uh, actually worth something. Like you know, despite what all the uh, detractors used to say back in the day, oh, if we had this. Playing in midfield instead of Henzo or this play instead of Genie, you know we'd be doing Milner, this and that. And it's, they've Milner. all got older. That, that's yeah, the problems. They've got have, older. And what was the last midfielder we bought? Thiago. Yeah. And he wasn't young when we ago. bought him. No. Mm. So nothing's been upgraded in there. And again, it's not. It's it's like one. Everything's not working now. Everything as it goes on, as the season, as the sample size gets larger, you can you can start to see that there are lots of things not working here. And it's going to take more than the England wonder kid from Dortmund to, to fix it. I'm not sure how you fix it. I just think we have to we have to just accept that this is going to be a very uneven season and top four might not be happening. And it's tough to take when you suddenly see Arsenal become, you know, a juggernaut and Newcastle without actually spending as much as you thought they were going to spend, becoming extremely competent. And meanwhile, we're just, no one's even asked us and we've just fallen apart on the side of the road. Never it's mind just, Arsenal, what it's fucking Newcastle. If we finish well, below Newcastle, that's completely unacceptable. It just really we, is. We might finish we might finish as low as seventh year, going the going the way we how erratic we are, because everyone else has tightened up them apart from Chelsea. You know, Spurs are a bit erratic, um, but they're no worse than us. 
and they're slightly ahead of us at the moment. Um, United have tightened themselves up. City are City. Newcastle are better. Arsenal are better. And then you've got the likes of... I can't imagine they'll sustain it, but you've got the likes of Fulham and Brighton and Brentford lurking around the places we're currently lurking. I just don't see how we can straighten it out. It's intensely frustrating and, and very upsetting, given where we were. But then... I now I now look back and I think was some of this like in the post from from the COVID season, this 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 a this a propensity of the team to just go for I know there was injuries then, to go from excellent to just suddenly just dropping away for no and we're like whoa what's going on here, this shouldn't be happening as badly as it did. Now we pulled that one out, but I think we pulled that one out right to the death. I just think there's more competent teams around us at the moment to pull it out at the end. Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily thinking like that. I, I don't really rate the, the teams that we're up against. And I'm not saying I'm rating us either because we yeah. <laughs> I said on the last pod, you know, we're, we're flawed. We're a flawed team. But so are all the teams that we're, we're going up against as well. I still think we'll get top four because I just think we've got enough attacking quality to more often than not, we, we'll, we'll win enough points to get like third, fourth, whatever. Uh, but the team that we associate ourselves as being you know, the team that we've seen over the last four or five years that team has, has gone and is not coming back it it needs like <laughs> quite a bit of work we're not just gonna get back to what we were that that's just with this squad of players impossible it can't be done because it just doesn't function the way we want it to whatever we're trying to do <clears throat> whatever like the game plan is what or, like the what they've worked on during the break and said right this is what we need to get back to being they can't do it you know, this this group of players is not capable of getting to, to that level that, that we were at. They're just not. You know, there's too much mileage on the clock in, in the, the likes of Fabinho, Henzo, um, even Thiago to some extent. Because <clears throat> the problem with Thiago is you're having to play him all the time when really you're just waiting for him to pick up his next injury because he's being overplayed now. I mean, today, Harvey's played. Harvey had a poor game the other night, and I don't know why... He got a start against a team like Brentford who played the way Especially they with did. Especially with Cater on the bench. K- well, you've got to put Cater in today. We all thought he was going to play because he, he's come off the bench. He's been training for it like for, for weeks now. So he's fit. He, he should have he he started today. And I don't know why he didn't. And he was actually decent enough when he came on. I mean, he wasn't brilliant and he, you know by any stretch of the imagination. But he did far more than Harvey was doing. He's right against Leicester as well. Yeah, but it's, it's not. this is not... Um, thing with Harvey, I think you can put him into a team that's doing really well and he's going to look good, but he's not like he's still learning a new position. That's you know, you've got to take that into account. He's only been converted into like a, a midfield player over like the last year or so. Mm. He'd always played in the attack as a kid growing up, like a number 10 or playing on the right. So he's learning a new position, which he's not physically, you know, it's not, it's not, he's not like. Someone who you would look at and go, yeah, he's a midfield player. By looking at him physically, he's, he's got a lot of disadvantages physically playing in there. So all of these things are against him. But if he's in a, a team that's playing well, it's full of confidence, like you could stick him in Man City's midfield and he'd look pretty good. You know, it, because his, his deficiencies wouldn't be getting as exposed as much. And the way he likes to play, that you know, that would that would excel with, with the way they play. But... The way we're playing at the moment, it's a struggle. It's hard for someone like him to come in, and I actually feel for him. You know, I just I don't think he should have been starting today. Absolutely no chance. Uh, we've not got a great deal of options, but Cater was there and he was ready to start. And I don't know why uh, he wasn't given the nod. Um, even Ox. Now the problem is Ox is needed on the left because we're so short of options there. 
but Ox in the midfield, at least he can run. You know, whatever like failings he's got, he can I run. I thought he was all right tonight. Yeah, but he even, was, he even was, without the goal. He's all right, but you you can't expect any more from Ox than what we got because that's he's not a, a, like a, he's not going to give you what we want from a left winger in a front three. He's just not. And it's not even a criticism of him. It's just a fact. But he has got legs and energy, and we haven't got that in midfield. I would rather have seen Ox in midfield than Harvey. Even maybe you want to put Harvey on the left of the front three and Ox in the middle. Not ideal, not something I'd want to do if we had any other options. But the only other option really was an unfit Curtis, who's only just, he's literally just back in training a few days ago. So he couldn't play 90. And Carvalho, who just seems to have completely fallen out of favour altogether, um, couldn't even get off the bench today when, when we've needed a goal. So. Yeah, we 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 need Gakpo to come in and hit the ground running, really, don't we? Just to give us that third attacker. Yeah, it's only it's not ideal uh, surroundings for him to come into, but hopefully he'll just give us that spark that we that we're missing, a bit of dynamism. Um, you know, he's got to hit the ground running if we're probably not going to be shining anyone yeah. in the window. You know, he really you know, the pressure's on him. Sadly, you know, he wants to, ideally you'd like him to just bed in. Um, you know, quite smoothly, but you know he's really gonna have to get off to a good start. Hopefully, he will. Um, I don't know too much about him apart from what I've seen at the World Cup and the odd game, but uh, yeah, I just hopefully he can um, slot straight in and give us something that we've been missing. And Darwin again today, just not happening for him. You know, I, I mean, he's not really done much wrong at all. That chance when he's gone around the keeper, he's done everything right, and it's really good defending by Ben Meese, just got back on the line. Um there's not that much to aim at when you look at that. And you know, you go around the keeper, all you're doing is you're just hitting the target and the defenders got back and, and made the block. Just frustrating. And then he scores a really good goal, but he's like a fraction offside. But the finish was was great. Yeah, it's just so frustrating. It just won't happen mm. for him. Then like well, the other it, chance it's he the gets post like, the with that. And, yeah, you then, know, obviously the lad scored the Oggy and that but you know, the Leicester game, as shit as it was, our best moments, Darwin seemed yeah. to be involved with pretty much every one of them, as far as I could think. But he's feeling you know. on scraps tonight. Yeah. He got next to no service. Same with Mo. I mean, Mo's not really done much other than... He looked lively early on, and then he just wasn't really much of a factor. But I can't, I can't like really say too much about that, because he's always got, like, three players to beat. How, how can we just... See, this is it's way beyond like my pay grade in terms of like the, the, the tactical <laughs> side of it. But we've gone from like Mo being in like one v one situations where he's dangerous and he's scoring loads of goals to now he's like picking the ball up and he's he's got to go past like three players. Just Brentford just did a complete number on us, uh, defended well, restricted us, and you know they took the chances from from our mistakes. First goal, not really anything you can do to defend that corner. I just think it's really unfortunate. But the way they got the corner in the first place was awful. Now Virgil's apparently got like a a, a slight hamstring issue. I'd like to know when 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 he felt probably that. pulled it when he was chasing him. Well, yeah, because <laughs> it, it looked like he was towing a fucking caravan. You know, I, I need to see it again because my impression of it when like when I watched it was he was playing offside and holding the line in their half. He was like <laughs> ten yards inside their half, and he was like holding the line instead of going with the runner. So he gave him a head start, and then he he wasn't really clawing back the distance, was he? He just didn't really get near him. Um, Allison's needed to make a save. They get the corner. They score from the corner. Now. 
the corner's unlucky, but the way they got the corner, it's like, fucking hell, that shouldn't be happening. That just does not look like Virgil, does it? Now, maybe he was feeling the injury at that point. Maybe it happened later. I, I don't know, and I doubt we'll ever, we'll ever find out. I don't think they're going to they're gonna go into details about that. But um, were you even remotely surprised when, when he went off at half-time? Obviously, we didn't know about the injury at that point, but I think we were all saying when we saw Joel coming on, hopefully it's Virgil, Virgil going off. Yeah, yeah. As our next game, Wolves now, he probably wouldn't play in that yeah, game anyway, would he? Anybody, one, so, yeah. uh, you know, when's the next league game after that? I think well, it's the following it's, weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's Saturday. I think, mm. is it Palace? No, it's Brighton, Brighton away. Brighton away. So he's got a thought pretty much, well, two weeks rest in it and early now, hopefully. Uh, well, whether he comes back in or not, I don't know. I mean, chances are he probably will, but... Um, yeah, it's he's just not looked right all season. He just he looks fallible all of a sudden now, doesn't he? Um, you know he's pretty much flawless for so long, but just like he looks, you know, a the aura defender. It? Yeah, yeah, that's it. The aura, like that presence, and yeah, yeah, it's gone. He's just like a he's, he's Clark a, Kent now. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, he's um, but that's it. That that aura and personality that he has, it's just. He's gone from being the guy to just a guy. Yeah, still like a very good Premier League defender. Yeah, that's it. He's still still good. He's still very good even. Yeah. But he's not what he was. And whether... Whether he gets that back or not, no, remains to be seen, doesn't it? But you can say that about like quite a few of them, really. I mean, there's question marks over Fabinho as well. I thought he was okay today, didn't he? He had like a terrible game or anything. But you know, a player who like dominated midfield and he was just he'd clean up everything. Not really cleaning things up now. You know, it's not that he's like noticeably like shit. He's not like always doing things wrong, but. Just teams are running through us, and you're like, that never used to happen. And yeah, it's, just it's like three passes, to... it's like teams. It's like, easy, it's too it easy. It is easy, yeah. That never used to be the case. Or even if a team will get you'd always feel, oh, we're in control, you know, there's no panic kind of thing. Um, but now it's like, you know, if that uh, stat about giving the big chances is right, then it's I like, think it was 51 big chances we've yeah. given away. I don't know how they register what's a big chance and big what isn't. That, that's one for Monty, I think, but. Um, <laughs> Whatever it is, they're judging it the same for every team, and we've apparently given up more than anyone else. So yeah, that's that's obviously a massive problem. And then it's compounded when you look at the, the at the other end, and like the it, the big chances missed, and you've got Darwin number one and Mo number two, and it's like, well, so we're giving up more big chances than anyone else in the league, and we've got numbers one and two in, for for missing big chances. So yeah, that's not not a it's not a good combination, is it? So you can easily you look at that, and that's where the problem is. It's like, you know, we're just shit at both ends. I mean, I say we're shit at both ends. We're not shit in attack, but if the attack's not on it, we're in big trouble, as you saw today. I mean, you know, it, we're not shit in attack, but I don't think the attack is anywhere near the standard it has no, been. No, it's not. And and as I said, like on the on the last pod as well, like it's skewed by scoring nine against Bournemouth. And didn't mm. we have like a? Oh, that was in the Champions League where we, we scored seven, didn't we? Um, but yeah, games like that do kind of skew the numbers a little bit. And then you've got games like today where we've scored one and one's probably not going to be enough for us to be winning games the way we are at the moment because we're, we're conceding all the time. Not necessarily three every game, but we're conceding pretty much every game. Uh, and then that today, I mean, yeah, first well, goal's second unlucky. Goal. But then, we, I mean, well, even, even before that, like the... the 
it just it just all went to shit, didn't it? Like it was just panic stations with yeah, yeah, yeah with, with corners. I mean, uh, yeah, both of the goals should have been disallowed, but you're still thinking, fucking hell, we've dodged a bullet there. Like the the one that's gone in, it hit Ben Me and he's offside. I thought they were going to give that, and the reason I thought they were going to give it is because it hit our player first, and they've got this whole bullshit change to offside now, where like if it comes off a defender you're suddenly deemed like not to be offside, even if you're like five yards offside. You know, the the defender's only trying to not so much in that one because he's trying to block the shot, but if a defender stretches to cut out a pass to an offside player and he gets a touch on it, the player's no longer offside. It's bullshit. It's such a stupid rule. But I thought that because it took so long for what was an obvious decision, you look at it, it's hit by me, it's gone in. And he's offside. That should have just been the end of it. It's like, okay, offside, no goal. And it took them ages. And it's like, that's why. It's because they were looking at like the point when it's it's hit, like, um, I think it was Canate, wasn't it? It's like, it's come off him first. Yeah, it was like they were trying to decide, ooh, does that mean that it's not offside anymore? So, But if it, if it doesn't hit them, it goes in anyway, probably. Because so, how are you letting him bring the ball down on his chest in a packed penalty area from a corner? You should never have time to be able to do that. But because we were so panicking about the near post corner and all the bodies they put in, we just forgot to fucking pick up Whistle at the back. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. It was, it was crazy how many men they loaded at the actual six yard box, it wasn't it? Just put like five like big lads five in the six yard box. Yeah. yeah, it's like um, obviously, you know, I don't watch enough of them to know if that's what they do all the time. Pretty, probably they are good at set pieces. They are good at set pieces, isn't that? So. As I say, I don't know. I know we definitely conceded two of corners there last year. I think wasn't it? So, you know, it's that sort of you go into that mindset in a game and you thought, oh, freaking hell, you know, corners coming in the box or whatever. Does it have a like an effect on you mentally? Because you, you I'm know, sure it does. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to. Hasn't Certainly it? seemed to tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, for us not to have conceded the corner all season to like brown trousers time every mm-hmm. time a corner was coming in the box, it's like. You know, was it tapped in the players' heads? I don't know, as I say, how many players started from the game last season, but you probably a few of them. It's going to be at least seven or eight, I would mm-hmm. have thought. So, um, but yeah, you know, they accentuated their positives, took the chances, um, pretty much nullified us apart from a couple of stages of the game. And, we had you know, the Costas chance as well, yeah. which was really weird the way he struck that. He looked like someone who was using his weak foot. It was just like a, a really odd contact that he made. It was just, I don't know. Like, I wanted him to just put his foot through that, and it was just, like, really half-arsed. And then, like, about a minute later, the ball comes across the back of the box, and he tries to just put his foot through it and, and smash it, and it gets blocked, and it goes out for a corner. I'm like, that's what you should have been doing on the chance you had, not that little weird little stabby half-arsed thing that you did. I mean, that's a really good chance, but apart from that and the Darwin one, 
there just wasn't for all of the possession we had there just wasn't enough was there didn't really threaten at all and then it's panic stations whenever they get a break and then a set piece um two goals disallowed from corners and then their second goal well we've seen that movie before haven't we like mm. the the ball that goes between Matip and Trent uh, sorry, Canate and Trent at that point, but it's um, the the Villa one was Matip and Trent. It's the same problem. Trent not covering around the back on the crosses. I mean, Trent's done like quite a lot of good defending. on that side there, didn't he? Yeah, like well, he's worried about the man behind, and when the clear yeah. danger was, it was the man in the, front. the player in front, you've got to yeah. you've got to just cover that player. And if it goes over both your heads to the back post, there's nothing you can do about that. You can't be in two places at once. But Canate goes to his man, and then that leaves. Wissa behind him, like completely unmarked, because Trent's wrong side, just watching it happen. And that that's more of a weakness with Trent defensively than the 1v1s, I think. It it happens it happens like quite a lot with like the Brentford last year, that it happened the same they, they was that's the area that they were targeting. Uh, and Fulham game, first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, got up at the back there's post. not a great deal you can do. Yeah, Mitrovic yeah. just fucking steams so, in yeah. over the top, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, Wissa getting a free edit, Watkins getting a free edit, you know, that's something that, you know, it shouldn't be happening. I mean, I thought Trent actually had a decent game, you know, but that's that's something that, like, it's happening too often, um, just not dealing with crosses into that area. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's like it's 2-0, and you're like, fucking hell. The only thing is, they were 2-0 up against Spurs and completely capitulated, and they were lucky to get a draw in the end. So you, you are thinking, OK, well, if we get the next goal... We can do something here. And we did get the next goal, like a triple change at half time. Um says a lot of our club thought of it. Needed to be done, you know, okay, so Virgil's got an injury, so like you can say that's why he was taken off. I'm not necessarily that convinced he wouldn't have gone off anyway, based on that first half. because uh, something needed to change. Obviously Elliot's gone off, no surprise there. Um, Cater coming on and Costas had had like a pretty poor game and I love Costas but he was bad today. Uh, Robbo comes on and Robbo's one of the only bright things in that second half. I thought. I thought yeah, Robbo. he injected like urgency yeah. and tempo into the game. It for didn't us, last, didn't he? but no, like, he yeah, gave us he a was, lift to start with. You know, he was yeah, like setting the tone, getting us going. Pretty much straight away. Yeah, that great ball almost yeah. picked out Darwin. Uh, mm. That was just seconds into the half, wasn't it? And then. So we get the goal pretty early. Um, nice header by Ox, great cross by Trent, decent header, he's made a good run. And it, there's so much time left at that point, and we were looking good. And you're like, okay, this is set up for us here. Because I was thinking that if we get an equaliser in like the next five, ten minutes, we'll probably score four. They would have just fallen apart then, but we needed to get the goal while we were at that spell. And we barely created anything. It was just all huffing and puffing and... Not we went really back to the anywhere. same tempo of the first yeah, half, didn't we? Yeah, as soon as it went back to a slow tempo. I mean, Cara said in the first half, Liverpool can't cope when the tempo goes up. You know, they need to play at a slow tempo here because they're getting exposed when, when like, there's a bit of pace in the game and it goes end-to-end. We can't cope with it. There might be something to that, but equally, we're so pedestrian when it's at a slow tempo. We never look like we're going to do anything. I mean, the goal... That the goal we scored, I'm surprised that we actually got a goal that way because we kept putting balls into the box. Like, what are you doing? They've got three big centre backs in there. They were just dealing with everything, and you're putting like these hopeful crosses in. Now that one, it's it's like it's a really good ball and it's a good run, and we've scored from it. But ugh, they, they, we, we've got what? to play our way around them at pace, um, and then we ended up just like 
trying to run through the middle. Naby trying to play one twos and go through the middle. And he was unlucky a few times. But what are the odds on that actually happening? Do you know what? I said it in the chat, but it, it's very reminiscent of me of late era Wenger Arsenal, where they went from this like really ag- aggressive team, powerful like with, with, team, yeah. yeah, yeah, like really powerful, getting red cards left, right, and centre, scoring quick goals with like Henri and Overmars. To suddenly late era Wenger, they were just always trying to play through the eye of a needle in the middle of the field. They were never mm-hmm. going out wide, and it was the, like the stuff you're talking about, Keita. And it just seems like we've we've done that. We've gone from this very quick, powerful team to this sort of like, no, we want to knock it about. We want to just tap it here, tap it there, give and go, give and go, back flick, that kind of stuff. And it's like, or, or you could just run like fuck at these people really fucking hard and fast and see what happens because they might react badly to it instead of like going, we'll tap it around in front of you. Do you think then, we're worried about losing the ball and getting exposed? I, I have no idea what we're, it is. We're trying to keep the ball you know, because when we give it away, they just hit us with like two passes I'm and not, we're in trouble. I'm not, I'm not blaming Thiago for it, but it seemed when we bought Thiago, they were sort of like, a, we might want to change a little bit how we play. Yeah. And then this is sort of the end product. And again, I'm not blaming Thiago for that, but I'm because whoever bought him, whoever decided that we might want to change how we play, it seems to have like gone. All right, it's, it's maybe gone too far now. Whereas we've just lost all pace and aggression from the team. And going back to the Thiago's the most aggressive player in there. That's the I know, irony is. I know a player it's who not, was not known for that. He's like the only yeah. one who's actually putting tackles Stick, in. Yeah, but it's not. It's not that. It's it's sort of like the the tempo of the game. But it, again, I'm not blaming Thiago because I thought Thiago was good tonight, relatively speaking. But the problem is, it's like it, it's the inevitability. It's not the fatalism that comes with being a football fan. It's the inevitability because you've seen it so many times. You know what's going to come next. How many times do we get away with conceding a, a goal on VAR, off of VAR, and then we conceded anyway later on? Like, well, we just conceded it first time then. Mm-hmm. It was ine- so disappointing to get away with that second disallowed goal. And then a minute or so later, just got, no, I'm going to give it away anyway. Yeah. And Alisson does all he can to keep that ball out. He's like a heroic effort to and keep Alisson it out of the net. And he almost does. Save. It was. And yet still, 2-0 down. And it was inevitable because you could see it because the heads had gone. This is the, it's the sort of situation where you wish there were timeouts in football so the bench could call a timeout and get them all around and go, right, lads, stop fucking about, calm it down, we'll be all right. And it's just, it's it's so inevitable. And it was so inevitable once we scored that first in the second half that if we didn't score within the next 10 minutes, we weren't yeah. winning or drawing. No more goals were coming if we didn't score. It's all about get, gathering up that momentum, that swing, that, so you can keep it going further. And further, and no, it just stopped dead once again. The tempo just completely fell away. And yeah. again, it's not being fatalistic. It was just inevitable. I've seen us play this. This is how we play now. This is what this season has been. This isn't. This is a sample size of 17 games. Almost half the season's coming up to. We're not. We're not very good. We're we're better than most teams because we've got. We should be. We've spent so much money on the team over the last five or six years, and the quality of player and the quality of manager. But reality says we're not very good and we won't be very good f- until next season at the very earliest. Mm. And then the third goal just kind of rubs salt in the wounds. I mean, that kind Can- of... It, 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 it kills me, the game. But, you know, anyone talking about, like, oh, it's the, the high line, we're fucking chasing the game. You know, you, it, that's completely standard, what happens there. You know, 
you're chasing the game. You're gonna you're gonna run the risk of them getting a counter attack on you. So there's nothing wrong with oh you know the defending too high. Any that's lazy if people are pointing to that as the problem because it's not. The problem is just Canati just fucked up and it, Klopp saying it was a foul. It wasn't a foul. Not a foul in a million years. What's actually happened? Canati has got across his man. He's done well. Gets across him. He heads the ball. And there's, there's contact as they come together. Now, it's Canati that's initiated that contact by coming in front of the player to, to win the header. And then he's running full speed and he's running faster than the ball. And he's got to try to slow down to get the ball. And as he's trying to slow down, he's losing his balance because of the, the bump that they had. If, they, if he was carrying on running at full speed, chasing the ball, he wouldn't have fell over. But he's fallen because he's had to try to adjust himself and then there's the bump which has knocked him off balance and then he's tried to adjust his feet and he's just fell over and it's just not a foul in a million years. Uh, you know, I, I don't know whether Klopp's seen replays of it or he's judging it from like at the time but I've seen that he said afterwards, you know, the third goal shouldn't count. I'm like, no, the third goal should count. It's just a mistake. You know, we're, we're chasing the game. We've, you know, we've left like gaps there they've got and Bermo's gone through the gap Canate's done well to stop the initial danger but then he's made the mistake lost his balance uh, and they've scored you know there's no point complaining about it it is what it is and that on on a list of things to have gone wrong in the game that one's not even a concern because next time Canate will deal with that that's not a problem my my concern is like the way we were in the first half with the set pieces the heads just went and just how easy we were to defend I'll have to give the team a bit of credit, um, loosely, shall I say, for that second half, because that was the only time Brentford did that in the whole second half, and unfortunately it's cost us a goal. But, you know, in terms of control, um, you know, yeah, first 15, 20 minutes, second half we did, you know, petered out into nothing, but Brentford, from what they were like in the first, the last 15, 20 minutes of the first half, you know, there wasn't that chaos, you know, we, we, we did sort ourselves out defensively and it was a mistake, you know, you're going to run that risk, as you say, Dave, you know, you're chasing the yeah. game. Um, but in terms of actually controlling, it was far better in the second half, even though our attacks were petered out into nothing. Protecting we, our own attacks. Protecting like our what, own. What Klopp always says, yeah, we yeah, did that better. We but. did that a lot better in the second half. Um, so in terms of, you know, we had this chat in the... Uh, this conversation in the chat with you know, Monty about the control and the game aspect. Well, I didn't feel like we were in control in the first half. Brentford controlled it in terms of, you know, they allowed us to play passes side to side, 40 odd yards from our own goal. That's them controlling the game. Yeah, but if I, that makes sense. It does it's make like, sense, John, because I think the best way to describe that is, you know, the, the whole. You can be fooled by, oh, that team's got the ball, so they've got, got control. No, Brentford didn't yeah. want the ball. Brentford did what they wanted to do. You know, their game plan. They'll come off that like that pitch at the end and go, that our game plan worked perfect. That's what we wanted to do, and it's worked. We can't say that. We did not do what we wanted to do. Brentford did. They think Brentford were never gonna like pass us off the park and have like you know fifty percent possession against us. That wasn't. That's not how they play. And even if it was how they played, they're not good enough to do that. They have to win the game a different way. So it's like nullify us, defend well, which they did. Did that like more or less completely over the course of ninety minutes. How many chances did we create <clears throat> compared to what we would expect to create? Nowhere near as many as we would have wanted to. And they've made the most of counter-attacks and set-pieces, which is how they play. Counter-attacks and set-pieces, that's what they do. You know, so they've done what they wanted to do. They didn't want to go out there and pass us off the park and, and dominate the game. That's the, that's not, not their... 
It's not their identity. Their identity is defend well, set pieces, counter-attacks, and they've done all of that. So, yeah, fair play to them. They've totally deserved that win because they've done what they wanted to do and we've not done what we wanted to do. That's where you go back to identity, as Julian says earlier. We've not got one. Brentford have. And realistically, that's why they won the game. You know, they've stuck to what they do best and it's worked for them. Good Fucking Newcastle you. stole our identity. Yeah. They stole a sign, <laughs> they've stuck it up in the dressing room. And we've not been the same since. Maybe we need to fucking send someone there and rob it back. Because well, we've, we've lost, lost all, all our... I, the Scousers rob a stereotype. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they can yeah. say what they like. But I want our intensity back. Uh, it's going to take uh, more than robbing a sign back from St. James's Park to get that back, I think, unfortunately. But it's going to be a, a bit of a process. You know, as Julian said, I think we'll probably see three or four more results like this in the second half of the season do, probably do you remember um, like John do you remember like last year when we kept winning all the time and we'd come on the pod <coughs> excuse me we'd come on the pod and we'd go it's a bit boring you yeah because you know this season we've just been winning games well conversely this season the pods are going to be identical because we're going to be going over the same problems because these aren't going to get fixed I think we've lost five out of seventeen so it's infinitely possible there's another six losses in the post for this season in the league. Six, do you reckon? Possibly, yeah. I mean, the only thing you can hope is that this team has proved, they're going back to the season that we don't like to mention, but as you touched on earlier, Julian, for the last ten games that season, uh, you know, I think we won eight out of the last ten, which got us. So it, it is, it has got that capability, um, you, you know, whether it's possible well, that team, or so what, this team. What you're saying, John, is we need Nat Phillips and Reese Williams in. Yeah, get them back in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Nat and, yeah, 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 get them back in there, yeah. You'll sort of set. But no, it's, that's what I'm, like, I'm just hoping it's sort of, it's not much to hope, but it's, that's all you can that's all you've got to hang your hat on at the moment. Um, that at some point, will we just put a, a ten game unbeaten run where we win eight or nine of them? We might, to... we might, we won't do like a ten game winning run like what we used to do. That's not going to happen. But it, we don't need to do that to get to like what our targets are now. We don't need to win ten on the bounce. You know, I mean, if we won that today, we go above Spurs. Now I know we haven't won today, so that's a problem. But you see, that's how easy it is to get above Tottenham. That puts you in fifth, and then you're chasing down the, the like fourth, and then hopefully you chase down third. But you've you've got to string a few wins together, which we're capable of doing that. Well, we've know, just done that. Those with teams, four on the spin, well, yeah, and, and those teams are all going to have to play each other and drop points. So you know, I, I don't see that as as being an issue as long as we just stop being fucking shit. We don't need to be like amazing the way we have been, but we need to just knock this shit off. Like, because you know, the problem is it wasn't a surprise. You know, we were like a little bit pessimistic on the last pod about this. You know, it, we talked ourselves into it, and then Stu rightly said, "You know, why are we talking like this? We should be saying, well, Salah should be running rings around Ben Me, and yeah, in theory, we shouldn't be worrying about Brentford." We should be letting them worry about us. But the problem is there's not that much to worry about when we play like that. They just dealt with us. And I don't even blame Mo for him not, not running rings around Ben May because he's having to run around rings around Ben May, Rico Henry, and whoever else happens to be in the vicinity Pinnock. as well. So, yeah. So, um, 
So it's, it's, it's a catch-22, isn't it? It's like, you know, if there's nothing riding, obviously top four's massive, you know, the gravy train and all that, and you've got that Newcastle situation on the horizon where if they do get in the top four... It puts them way uh, ahead of schedule. Yeah, it's like maybe two, three years ahead of schedule. Yeah. Um, but in, a, in an ideal world, you'd like us to, you know, if results weren't all that important, get some philosophy and identity back, but it's just about getting wins on the board and performances at this moment will have to be secondary. Um, obviously, you want to play well and win, um, but obviously we can't be too greedy at the moment. Um, you know, I'd love us to get back to what we were doing, even if we were, you know, still slipping up once or twice uh, while we get back to what we, what we have been over the past few years. But... We're not, we can't do that. We've got to keep well, trying to win games as best as we can, but it's whether we can do it. But it would be nice just to be able to ease your way back into doing what, you, what you've been so good at for so long, but we, we can't do that, unfortunately. I'll tell you something are. else that like pissed me off today. It's it's a, it's only a minor... Well, I'll say it's a minor gripe. It's actually not. It did piss me off. And in hindsight, you know, I was pissed off before the game, and in hindsight, now I'm thinking, well, yeah, I was right to be pissed off because that was just not the right thing to do. We had fucking three centre-backs on the bench today and no Ben Doak. What, what is the point... In, you've got Joe Gomez and Joel Matip. Well, why are we why are we having Nat Phillips on the bench as well, rather than another attacking option? You know, it it just I know he's only a kid, and you maybe they don't think he's ready to be starting or whatever. But wouldn't you have liked to have seen him in the last well, fifteen I asked, minutes? Didn't I? I think Jules mentioned it in the chat like about anyone who can come off the bench. And I asked was Doak on the no, bench because well, he has been. It's the first I thing I thought when I looked at the bench. I'm like, well, I don't like that because if we're chasing the game or if we get an injury or two up front, who are we putting on? Curtis and Carvalho. Well, Curtis is a midfield player. Carvalho was like an in between. Don't really know what he is, but yeah, he may play like left wing or whatever. But you know what Ben Doka is? He's like he's direct, he's quick, he's going to get the ball, he's going to try to get to the byline and put crosses in. He's going he's to run got at that unknown factor about yeah. him as well, it, isn't it? Yeah. It's absolute unless there's like an injury that we don't know about, which possibly there is. So I'll add that caveat. But if you're leaving him out to have Nat Phillips on the bench when you've already got Joel and and Joe Gomez, I mean, what are you doing? Why why would you do that? It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, that pissed me off, and it pissed me off even more when we're chasing the game later on, and you're like, well, we could have put him on, and now we can't, we've got no options, and I don't know why they wouldn't put Carvalho on, because you just do something, you know, Curtis comes on, but like, it's not enough, it's I just really just so frustrating, and I just don't know what we're doing, you know, to come off that Leicester game where we should have just... You, you win a game like that where you've got no business winning it, you're lucky, the other team scored both of your goals for you. You've got to take advantage of that. You know, you think, okay, so we've dodged a bullet there, let's really capitalise on that and go above spares now. And we've just, we may as well have fucking not won that Leicester game. You know, it's, it's, we've just totally shit the bed today. And I, I don't even think you can use like the excuse about all oh, the games are too close together. We actually got an extra day off to what you normally have at this time of year. It was like it was like a Saturday Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah, and there's one less game. We as played well, Friday but... Monday, so it's like Saturday Tuesday. It, it it's like it's um it's something that we're used to. It's not like we've had to play like two games in three days. Like I mean we've done that before, haven't we? Remember we played Sunderland yeah. away. Well normally between Christmas and New Year after your game um Boxing Day, then you get a game on the twenty eighth and twenty ninth or whatever. 
and then you'll get a game on like New Year's Day or maybe yeah. the, like New Year's Eve or something like that. So maybe like three games in like six days or something like that. So there there has been one less game in the fixture list this, this season. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's because of the World Cup, like the Christmas fixture list. That there's normally three or four games in a short like space of time, but. You know, as you say, it's no excuse. You know, so, you know, yeah, that, a... that's it. It's no excuse. It's nothing to do with that. It, it's like, you know, and and I didn't think we looked tired or leggy. I just thought we looked clueless, you know, just n- no ideas going forward. It was all very predictable. They dealt with it easily enough. First half, you know, I didn't think we were particularly great on, on like, second balls. But the second half, we, 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 it wasn't a lack of... Um, you know, it wasn't that we were leggy or like tired or anything because I think we we as you said you know we did a pretty good job of stopping them with counter attacks so we were pretty good on on like winning second balls and winning the ball back but just oh god just like the lack of like threat and and, and like guile going forward it just it was so sterile and so predictable and you know Ox scores and then I didn't see him again until he got subbed. Where was he supposed to be playing at that point? I mean, I'm not I'm not blaming Ox. I'm just it just Darwin was just not in that second half at all, and he was starting. You could to get almost frustrated. say like um, we're poorly coached at the moment. Well, like, that's he what look- it looks like. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. say that because we've we've got you know, but it looks there's a history of like us that. being really well yeah. coached. But that's what yeah. it looks like. We do look like we're poorly coached at the moment, and you know we're looking like Solskjaer's Man United at times. It's fucking, I don't know what's going on. And all I can put it down to, we know that they're not bad coaches. You know, we know we're a well-coached team. We've had so much success. All I can put it down to is I just don't think that the squad of players now um, can play the way we're wanting to play. And we don't seem to be able to change that. It's like we're still just trying to do the same thing. Or we're doing something different because we can't do what we want to do and whatever we're doing different is not working. I don't know. I just know that it doesn't look right when you're watching it. It's all a bit Markovic at wing back for me. Mm. It looks like we look like <laughs> us at times. At every game when where we play, there's little spells where you recognise it and you go, "Yeah, that looks like us," but we cannot sustain it. It's just flashes here and there, and we're not sustaining anything. I think inevitably, the amount of games the players have played uh, over the last few years, plus the failure to continue to develop the midfield um, as led us here. It's also, <clears throat> it's also maybe partially on Klopp because he's, at Dortmund, he was always having to reinvent his team because the players were getting signed by bigger, by, by, by Munich and bigger teams. And he never had to actually retire players from, you know, not, not literally retire, but retire players from his squad himself because they left yeah. anyway. And he's here and he's like, I'm not like all these players are paid a great deal of money, but and fundamentally they are all people. They are all humans, and I don't want to treat people like commodity of sell him, sell him, get rid of him, he shit, get rid, get rid, all that stuff. But it is it is a sport, it is a competitive business, and you do have to continuously evolve the team and the squad. And there is suddenly seems a bit like Klopp's a bit like me when I'm trying to clean the house, and I go, I need to get rid of that. Ah, but you never know. Actually, I might keep that. I just keep that just in case because you never know when. I just put that back in there. Next keep thing, keep the USB cable from two thousand and four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what's yeah. this? It's a charging cable for a Nokia thirty one ten. Get rid of that. <laughs> well, hang on a second. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang That's on. Milner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And there's a little bit of that with is there a little, a little bit of that with Klopp where he's maybe not been as he was ruthless with like Yasakos of this world because the player was acting like a dick and he hadn't done he had no credit in the bank so he was gone. He wasn't a sign on either, was he? No, yeah. but these players all have credit in the bank and it's Klopp now more reluctant to But he's let Gini go. go and he let Sadio go, so he's not completely well, hang on. done that. So so Sadio I think well, again, we don't know. We're not privy to this, so let's just, we'll have to just guess. But Sadio, I would guess, thought, I'm not going to get what I want while Salah's going to get what he wants. And I think they're going to keep him. They're not going to keep me. My agent says I can go to Bayern Munich. I like Germany. I'm going to go. That's true, and but what if you offer him, Mike, what he wants? But I think he... The point is we that, didn't. Now, whether that's no, Klopp or whether that's like above him. That That isn't Klopp. Matter. I think that I think that at that point the people who hold the the money say you can't have both at that mm. age. That's not going to happen, mate. We're making this decision for you. I think the Wijnaldum decision was a decision that they went. I'm oh, sorry, the 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 numbers don't add up for us. We want to keep him, but we keep him, and this is the ceiling. Yeah. If he doesn't want it, that's fine. Well, we're not keeping him. So in fact, I I would I would say maybe. The Mane and the Ronaldo decisions were taken out of his hands because it was just a firm no, yeah, by the people holding the money. Yeah, you think like uh, uh, Genie going to PSG, but was he didn't get a new contract at Liverpool? Did he sign in what no, 2015? Yeah. Same left. contract for five <clears> years. The same yeah. contract, despite what he'd achieved at the club, Premier League winner, Champions League winner, scored two in the Champions League semi final, etc. But he mm-hmm. wasn't rewarded in that period in the t- FSG. What they generally do is rewards, like you know, the rewards come later, don't they? You know, if you're doing the business. I would after guess after a couple of years, you normally get a new contract. Yeah, Genie didn't for whatever reason. I would guess surprising. that's a value thing, though. I think they, I think that what we don't see is sometimes that they attribute the value to a player and go, it's no higher than this. We won't overpay. They were willing to pay Salah what he wanted because, <clears throat> well, however, people can debate the the Salah versus Mane thing. But Salah was the world star. He was the brand, and Mane isn't. Like that's not Sadio's game. Sadio wasn't that interested in being in Pepsi commercials. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just put this another way then, because what you've said there, a lot of people say, you know, Klopp being too loyal to players and whatever. So, who are the players that he should have said, okay, enough's enough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna replace them. It's because it's easy to say, oh yeah, he's been too loyal to players. Should have moved them on. But who are these players you were talking about? Now that's a fair point because I'd be like Klopp and going, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I'm I I advocate like if Firmino wants to reduce role and reduce money, then I'd happily keep him. So I I'm not I, I, luckily I'm not paid. If I was paid, but I'll tell you something. If I was paid millions of pounds a year to do it, I'd probably be a bit. It's not about. But Bobby has about, been phased out. Hang on, so you can't. Really... So j- just to sort of sidestep that slightly, it's not about going. We must sell this player. It's more about. We need to replace this player, so we need his replacement now, so we can phase him out. Because but there's no phasing going. Yeah, there's no phasing going on, it. is there? That's the problem. The well, same players came in before Mane Jota. left. Jota, yeah, Jota, Jota came in, yeah. and Firmino but, but, got but phased out. But I think we all agree. But don't we all agree that the attack isn't the problem here? Yeah, but I, I, again, I'm just going a... back to what I'm saying about like 
People always say, oh, he's too loyal, he should have done this, should have done that. All I'm asking is, well, who are these players who he should have replaced? Now, in hindsight, I'd, I'd look at it and say, it, well, Fabinho. But Fabinho was like the best in the world at what he was doing so I would for say, a good few I, years. So. I would have said Henderson, but, because Hendo has not, Hendo is, Hendo's injury record has got worse. But what, when, and what he's are you talking older. about? Are you talking about like you would have sold him? No, no, this is what I'm saying. Because plenty of people are saying that. Yeah, I'm not saying that, but this is what I'm I say, I was saying. You sidestep us. You don't say, right, okay, we need to sell Jordan Henderson. What you say is, we need to phase him out and his replacement needs mm. to be bought now so that we can have a smooth transition. Because if we don't have a smooth transition, we're going to have this jarring thing where Hendo is now playing too often because he's getting older, his body's not, not as robust. And we're having this problem where his performances are going to start dropping, and that's no reflection on him. He's getting older. And Same with Fabinho. You've got Milner starting um, yeah. in uh, Naples, haven't you? Which was, uh, you're looking at, you know, the options are so limited. So you know, thirty-seven-year-old James Milner starting mm. the Champions League game away against us. Someone we should have been looking. There should have been a midfielder board. Sorry, John. There should have been a midfielder board who was between twenty-four and twenty-seven. Prime, not Harvey Elliott, nineteen eighteen. Prime, well, not too. That was Keita, and he just didn't, didn't do it. Didn't but again, the right. Well, he's in the last year of a contract that's mm. about to expire, so it's not like we didn't know what was going on with Keita. So once it became evident that it wasn't happening with him, and one once one guy is not enough, the midfield. Look how many injuries we keep racking up. Yeah. It should have been like the last summer. Like even right now, we've just signed. Um, I, well, I can't remember his name. Arthur. I don't want to. S- <laughs> the Dutch fella. All oh, right, I yeah. thought you meant like the the Invisible Man. Arthur, yeah, because you're talking about midfielders. Oh no no no! Yeah, he is the Invisible Man. No, we signed uh, Gakpo, and we're all going like, "All oh, right, yeah, great." A, a left-sided attacker, and yet we we staring at the the, the fire raging in midfield, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the barn burning down, sure. and going, "Yeah, but we got a but we've got a, we're sitting there we're stood there with a glass of water and I'm sipping it going." But I'm, but I'm okay. I, I'm, I've got water. But like, yeah, but that's on fire. Yeah, but that's fine. It's like it's great signing him, but that's not what you needed right now. And I, I imagine what's going on behind the scenes is the club is looking for players, and it's either it's going to cost too much or they're not available because teams don't want to sell. But inevitably, we we spent seventy million pound on Nunez, and then we went dusted our hands off. Went that's business done for this year. Thank you. And then Klopp's going, we've got eight midfielders. And we were all going, yeah, but five of them are always injury pr- injured. We all know this. This isn't going to change suddenly. Guess what happened? Season started, they're all injured. And we've got no midfield and we're signing the invisible man. This is this is the sort of stuff. It's like you have to transition the team slowly. You buy the replacement when the other guy's still here. You don't say, I'm selling Hendo and I'm buying this guy. You get And the loyalty maybe comes when it goes, I, I've said this before, we should, if we wanted to sell... Ox, we should have sold him for whatever we could have got for him rather than going, well, our spreadsheet says he's worth this, so we're going to sell him for this because we're going to sell him for nothing now. Yeah, he's going well, to leave for that's nothing. That's a big issue. We've said that like for a while. Mm. Ox and Cater should have gone because my whole thing last year when everyone was saying about buying midfielder, buying midfielder, I was like, well, yeah, I'd love a midfielder, but it's not going to happen while Ox and Cater are here. That's just they are not going to bring somebody in when they're already spending like so much on wages because they've got like nine midfield players on the books. Now, if you want to say to me, Get rid of Cater and Ox. I'll sign off on that in a heartbeat. You know, I'm. Well, I'm just we are telling now, you. aren't they? They're yeah, going. But, they're not signing. Well, obviously, because they're not getting new contracts. Yeah. But like, I'm talking about last summer. 
when mm. you know it's easy to say we should have signed a midfielder, and yeah, we should have, but that was never going to happen unless they sold Cater and Ox. And when they made that decision not to sell Cater and Ox, well, that's why they never brought anybody in. They, it's like okay, now whether you can say that's Klopp or you can say it's the owners, whatever. I think it was both. I don't think Klopp was like kicking off because he didn't get a midfield player, you know. And I also think he's one for letting players see out the contracts rather than forcing them out. He's, there's, there's not really much. Of and a is that the loyalty him. issue then? Well, that that's probably more of a loyalty issue than talking about like Henderson or whatever. And but again, the point that I'm, clear, I'm not though, saying sell Henderson. No, I know, I know you're not. Okay. I know. Right. The the point that I'm trying to make over that is more so. We've done that in other areas of the pitch, like I say, you know. The new Sadio was going. They got Diaz in six months early. Bobby was getting phased out of the team, not necessarily moving him on from the club, but they brought Jota in and then Darwin. You know, so they've done that in like in other areas of the pitch where we've we've brought these players in. But it's even to like, replace older players. It's but even we like didn't right do it back. It's like isn't is an eighteen year old from Scotland the best you can do to to give Trent some some respite, especially in a season when he's been mm. choppy. Like you, you sold the other right back who was a couple of years older, had experience at the club, and had more game time at the club. And you went, well, we'll sell he wanted him. to leave, though, didn't he, to to get more games? So that, yeah. And but as soon as someone says they want to leave, Klopp will let them go. He doesn't force people to stay. So that's another mm. issue. Um, I, I know what you're saying. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm not sorry. So yeah, but... you're right. You are right because I'm getting away from the point. Was so was the was the 18 year old from Scotland the best plan there? Mm-hmm. This is the problem. Like it's either we we seem to be like going. We, sometimes we seem to be we're too clever by half when we go. Oh, we've bought this eighteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old, nineteen-year-old. These are all going to be great. But they're all. You sometimes have to buy the twenty-four to twenty-seven, twenty-eight-year-olds. You have to buy the prime fill at the stake right rather than buy right, right rather than buying the cow and going. Well, we'll slaughter it at some point and tend and get it fat, fatted up and slaughter it. But we've bought the cow for now. But I just want the steak right now. I want it, you know, on my table right now. No, no, no. We've bought the cow. So we still end up with Milner playing right back as when Trent's not there because who is a tough know. old steak? He's like a tough, like one dollar steak, isn't he, Milner? <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's no, there's no uh, fat on him. You're like, where's the fat on his steak? Like, no, it's Millie's catching strays all over the place tonight. <laughs> He's not even being involved in that in that shit show. It's like literally nothing to do with him, and he's catching strays all over the place. And I'd happily see James Milner see his days out as a squad player because yeah. what a servant he's been. He's not the again. None of these players inherently are the problem. Anyone we name is not inherently the problem. It is that there's been a lack of oversight in transitioning the the, the squad properly, and whether they think they're they putting all their eggs in their one basket for Bellingham, but what might happen there is. By the time you get him, everything else is in such disrepair that the money you've spent on him could have been better served in the interim buying players to fill up the to fill up these gaps. Because if you if Ox and Cater are leaving immediately, you're two players down in the summer. Well, Possibly Bellingham Milner come, as well. If Milner leaves, or, or you know, but let's say Milner goes, then there's three down. So you buy Bellingham, so you're still two down in the squad. You'll need more players. And they're all going for nothing. You're getting them yeah. off the wage bill, but you're not getting any transfer funds in. And there's, all, there's still, the, you know, there's the stuff around the ownership. But I, you know, I said before we 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 started recording, there's there's stuff in Boston tonight where there's there's sort of a hockey thing going on at Fenway in in the winter, and John Henry is there, and he's getting booed by the Red Sox fans now. They mm. see him on the big screen and they're booing him because there's no there's no coherent plan or investment going on there either so it isn't just a Liverpool thing it's an FSG thing I don't know what they're doing at the moment and whether they're caught in two between two stools or they haven't got the money 
I don't know, but <clears throat> it's worrying because we're in the January transfer window now. We could make changes. We could solve mm-hmm. problems. And I think we won't solve problems. And that is just, you know, a poor and negligence when it comes down to it because the team needs help. Yeah, Jules, that word negligence, I was going to say that a couple of minutes mm. back, but it's like, Thiago, when did he sign? 2020, was it? Was he yeah. the last like established midfielder we signed? He signed after we won the league, didn't he? Yeah, so it's 20, summer 2020, so that's getting on for like, no, what, how many? He signed, yeah, COVID season was when he first COVID got season he started, yeah. So that's what, this is the fifth transfer window since, so we've known Henderson's got the wrong size of 30. Milner's like way over the wrong size of 30. Thiago's brought in as No, no, Milner's the right side of 40. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that one, Jules. Yeah, fair play. Um, yeah, so it's like, so for us not to, for whatever reason, we've brought all these fancy on, like attacking players in the gate. Everyone loves an attacking sign, but fundamentally, you know, we're always like kissing each other's asses about, you know, our... Um, strategy, transfer strategy, but that midfield area has been neglected for far too long now, and it has needed a 24, 25-year-old genie to come in, maybe, someone who fits the profile of what we are and what's made us or successful. Or profile. That, that's what I would say now, is if we can't play the way we want to play with the midfielders we've got, well, then we need to play a different way. You've got to adapt, haven't you? And I was hoping that that was what like the break would do, and instead, it's like, look, Here's videos of like when we were good, just and here's videos of when we were shit. So we want you to do this and don't do that. That's what but it the, sounds like has happened over the break. Yeah, the players obviously aren't capable of that for no, the, you know the age. It's not like reasons. they don't want it. You can't say it's, it's like the players can't be asked, and that's no. yeah. It's, it's the capabilities of the players. Yeah, you, you know the body changes. You know players become slower, and, more and injury different players player. are coming in as well. It's not like it's the same midfield three that that we had when we were really good. So you've got different players. The players who are the same are not the same because they're older, more mileage in, on on the clock. So we just can't play the way we want to play. And I think, well, that stance, the coaches have got to come up with something else then. Figure out something that plays to the strengths of the players that we've got. Because we've got like really good forward players now. And we've got so many options. You know, when Gakpo comes in, they, they, then we've got players to come back. Bobby should be back soon. So we've got plenty of options up front. Why We, we need to find a way of playing which maximises the strength of the players that we've got up front. And protect, protect us defensively. Now, I yeah, don't know big, how that is. The big hole in, in our squad is clearly in midfield. So, yeah, I hope Gakpo's obviously this, successfully. That's true, John, but also, like, let, let's let's not, like, you know, it's not like we've got a bunch of shit players in there. Uh, but the are they capable of right? doing what we no, need them not. to do? That, that's just the thing. So, buy not. someone instead of Gakpo. By someone but like we needed you... another forward. We can't carry on with Ox playing on the left. You know, when the cavalry's not coming anytime soon, you've got Jota coming back in February, probably get injured again if his recent history is anything to go by. Then Diaz in March, but how long is it going to take them to, to get fully up to speed? We needed the forward. I have no issue with that at all. And, and, and especially because of the price, it was a great deal to do now. Now, you can argue, oh, it's come at the expense of a midfielder, but has it? You know, have we said, well, we could have this midfield player now, but we won't because we'll bring in Gakpo instead? Or is it like, well, the midfielders who we want to try and get, we can't get them, but we can get him. Let's get him in because we've got to do something on the left. So I think like it goes back to what we just said there. If the midfielders can't do, like if they can't play the way 
we want to play. Well, we need to change the way we play until we've got players who can do that. Make the most of the players that we've got. Help them instead of like getting them like instead of throwing Harvey in there and saying, "Go on, you go and play like fucking twenty nine year old Henderson did." You know, it's it's not it's not going to happen. You've got to play to the strengths of, the, of the, the players that we've got, and I don't think we're doing that. And we've got so much attacking talent now, we should be a threat against anybody. Maybe we need to just play a different way, play a little bit more on the counter-attack at times, sit in a bit. But we're not going to do that. It's like it's it's stubborn. It's like, this is what we do. We're going to go out and do it. And you know what? More often than not, it'll work. You know, we, I still think that will work enough to get us in the top four, but it's not going to be what we, we've been used to over the last few years. So if you yeah, but so you're looking at it, we're probably gonna need to bring at least two midfielders in. You know, you've Minimum. mentioned the players who, who are probably going more. to play probably more. So start the process off in January. You know, surely we've got like a, a name or two now. We we know the midfield. Obviously, better. Like, see, I I class Bellingham as a cherry on the cake signing when we're good and when we're uh, you know I don't think he's gonna come in and change everything dramatically overnight. You know, it's just about putting the building blocks in place. <clears throat> you know, like Klopp did when he first came in. You know, he signed Sadio out and, and Genie. That that was like building his new Liverpool team. You know, that fitted the the profile that he wanted. So, you know, Gapo, yeah, it's all well and good. You know, I hope he does well and stuff. But those players that you mentioned, Diaz and Jota, they will be back. It's not that far away. It's only a few weeks. But that midfield it's not a issue, few weeks, though, is it? It's it's like you don't look at it as in weeks, John. Look at it as in games. How many games yeah. have we got to play between now and then? And it's a lot. But how many games have we got to keep putting up, well, sort of coping with the issues we've got in midfield as well? So it's like, you know, you're filling one hole, that's just a temporary issue, whereas the midfield, is, it's more of a ongoing issue that's going to be... we've already said one player's not going to fix this. We're like bringing in one midfielder's not going to fix it, like what we've seen this season. So, so we're going to buy three just... midfielders in the summer then? Well, I think we'll Is have that... to. But well, I also why don't you think buy one now, for the then time... one in the well, summer? And... I still think we will get a midfield player now, but we're if not we going to this... yeah. get we... this marquee midfielder like Fernandez or Bellingham. That's not happening in January. But I'd mm. like to think there'll be somebody else who's on the list who they were looking to get in the summer, who they can bring in, someone who's in like the 30 million, 35 million yeah, range, that's, something that's like it, that. Yeah. Like Genie was. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I said this the other night on the pod. That's exactly yeah. what I said. We need to be looking at that type of signing. That Cas- was that Caicedo at Brighton we've been linked with? Yeah, he's going to be double that price, though. They're, they're looking like 70 million for him, aren't they? Mm. Well, this is where the, uh, Julian Ward's got it in his corner, really, isn't mm. it? It's like, yeah, it's great when we pull Gapo out the bag. You know, everyone loves this shiny January transfer signings, don't they? Attacking player and stuff. 23 year olds, like, yeah, great, but. Um, who's just had a good World Cup he's just had a good World Cup which mm, okay we'll see how that one goes it's like you know that's a flip of a coin sometimes isn't it he's also having a great season as well though like, yeah. no, but uh, what I'm saying is John's saying like you know it's a nice flashy attacking sign oh, right, yeah, and, then, and then you the add in he's had a good World yeah. yeah. sorry yeah mm. I see what you mean um, but yeah I just think the, the, the midfield issues if we don't sign anyone you're absolutely bang on Dave spot on um, you Change know, the way we play. it's gonna have to be, yeah. But if you think we'll sign someone, great, yeah, you know, you know, fine. But if we don't, then I'm thinking that Gakpo money should have been put to a midfielder to start the the process of like revamping the midfield with younger, energetic players to get us back to what we're so good at under Klopp over the past four the or five years. The other issue, John, the other issue with that is. 
when we've signed midfield players other than Thiago, like the other players who've come in, like you look at Fabinho for example, and when Ox came in, like it took them a while before like they, they picked up what we were doing. It's complex the way we play with like the press. Is it like, at the moment though? Well, it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's it's supposed to be, isn't it? So if we signed Caicedo and just would go out and run about a bit in midfield, it would help. It would moment. help. It absolutely would help. <laughs> But there is like there is like uh, intricacies to what they're, they're trying to do with the pressing, and it does take time to learn it. More so midfield than than probably other positions. Like it's different with a forward. Like you know, Diaz came in, didn't speak the language, and like didn't know exactly what we we're supposed to be doing. And it's like, look, you just go out and just do your thing. And and he did. He was brilliant, and he picked things up really quickly. You know, in terms of like his, his positioning and the, the where he's got to be in the press and the helping out Rob, all of that stuff. But it's so much easier for a forward to come in than it is for like a midfield player. It's like what I was saying uh, a couple of pods ago about with like Ben Doak, for example. If you put him in the team, it's going to be easier for a forward than when you've got like Bajetic playing like a number six against Man City. You know, that's like one of the most difficult jobs in football is playing like holding midfield against Man City. And he was having to do that. And it's so complex, but it's easier for a forward. Um so I'd expect Gakpo to come in and just hit the ground running and, and do well. But a midfielder might come in and might be on the bench for a bit, you know. Or if he comes in, this he, maybe he'll have like loads of legs and he'll be, you know, pressing, chasing about, and we we'll love it. But he may also be leaving gaps because he's not necessarily where he's supposed to be. And then they pass around and and go into the gaps. So I'm saying it is complex what we're we're trying to do, like the way we play. And I I just think like that. Well, there's not going to be an immediate fix if someone comes in and then everything's going to be fine. But I think we need to just compromise and, um, and maybe play it a slightly different way, just ad- adapt some things, because it's clearly not working if we're giving up more big chances than even like the shittest teams in the league. So Something's I, badly wrong. If we do bring, you know, to touch on what you've just said, Dave, about the intricacies, if we bring in two, three midfielders in the summer and then, you know, the, the part of the, the new partnership in midfield or whatever... Um, moving forward then surely that's going to be like going into next season that's going to cause issues because you, you know, you've got well, to that's play. what pre-season's for though isn't it yeah but, but it's like if you've got enough. one in now you know get them tuned into what we're, what we're about and what you want from them for for next season you know bed them in as you said you know players take a while to bed in sometimes here because of what we do so if we're not planning ahead in that respect, it's like, you know, it is a bit of a worry, you know, considering you're going to be looking at bringing in two to three midfielders next summer. Um, I'd rather get someone in now who you, who's available, who we want, and get them in, in the squad, in the team, give them some games over the course of, the, you know, the next three, four months or whatever. So he's tuned in for next season. So when we bring another one or two in, at least we've got someone there already who's set into how we want to play. Well, I think you know, we're all in term. agreement about that. You know, I I think we we should bring in a midfield player. I think we will bring in a midfield player. I just don't think it's going to be that big marquee signing. And I'm I'm fine with that. We're hoping for. Yeah, I don't uh, is see though it's sixty five million a marquee signing. Uh, not a marquee signing, no. But he could be a really important signing. Yeah, more like Genie was. If you were given a choice, right, sorry, John. A question for both. Question for both of you. If you were given the choice of signing uh, Gakpo or Caicedo, 
Which one would you want? Casey is all for me. Well, why is it an either or? Because I the because it looks the like it might be an either or. Well, does it though? I don't know. The, the well, money it, should be there for both. The money should yeah. be there. All right, but let, let's let, knowing how FSG have operated recently, let's say it is an either or. So if you were running it, if you were in charge of it, Dave, what would you want? What would you be looking at to bring in there? I would have still done Gakpo. Fair enough. I mean, I'm with John. I think you just need the legs in midfield. You can't. You keep on about like we're giving up these big chances. The, that isn't coming from that isn't coming from the guy at the top end of the pitch. That's coming from midfield, not having the legs to keep to to close down, to keep the press running, to keep the press moving, to stop the defense getting exposed. I just don't so think it, that one player is going to fix that, and therefore I I don't think it would fix it entirely. Outscore the would. opponent. I think we need to that we've got to play to our strength, mm. outscore the opposition, and pick up enough I, points to get in the top. I four. don't think we're that po- as potent as you think we, we are. We should be though with the players that we've got. We should be, but we aren't. And that's why I'm saying because I think the midfield doesn't create enough chances. I think you got a, a, a forward line, Gakpo. Nunez, Salah, and you've got Firmino coming back, and then the other two coming back eventually. I think that's that's potent enough. But what if you can't control the rest of the pitch to get them enough chances? Play a different way. Mm. This is why I think you need to. You know, midfield needs to be addressed. We need we need to exert control in there. Do you think Saicedo is going to solve all our problems though? No, it, but I think it, he, it'll if he's be got a the legs. starting process, Dave. I think yeah. it's like moving forwards. You, you're you looking at the legs. That, like get one in the team so it makes it easier for the other one or two to come in next season. That's how I see it planning. So plan I, I don't know you. <laughs> but you're the one who's like, well, not you, John, Jules, you're the one who's like pinned me into the either or when I still see there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to well, get both. I'd like to, I'd like to say, well, we'll, re- we'll revisit this at the end of January and we'll see what happens. But my memory's shit, so I won't remember to do that. <laughs> if we do sign the midfielder as well, that's fine. Absolutely yeah. fine. It's the right thing to do. But if we only sign Gapo, I'll be wishing we'd have put that money to a midfielder personally and just putting up at what we've got um, in attacking positions for the you know whatever amount of weeks and games, etc. Because I think that midfield is it needs urgent surgery like for the next two, three years, you know, it's going to be a bit of a process to get back to what we were good at. You know, if that's how we still want to play moving forward, that energy, tempo in the midfield, then, you know, it's got to start happening sooner rather than later. And not to sign a midfielder, you know, this size of 30 for, you know, a few years now, is it is borderline negligence to me. Yeah, they're trying to fast track like kids who are not necessarily ready to be playing. And it's unfair regularly. on them. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Yeah, oh, you know, talking about like bad memory, what you said there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got to bring up like Friday night and like what happened before the match like, and how, how fucking mad that was when we were outside talking. Paul had gone in because Paul's old and he's got a weak bladder now, so he always has to go in early. So there's me, you two, <laughs> Dan and Chris outside. <laughs> And you were saying to Chris, right, oh, are we going to go in? And, like, you are in the cop, and I'm obviously in the main stand, but we normally walk in together because I go past where you go in. And Dan's on the other side of the ground. So, like, say to Arthur, Dan, and I turn to John and go, I'll speak to you after the game, John. The look on John's face, it was, like, it was confused, but it was also kind of scared. He just <laughs> looked as if, what the hell's going on? And then I seen you looking at me like face at the start of the 18 when the silent walks past him. <laughs> and then it hits me and I'm like, oh shit, I sit next to you, don't I, John? <laughs> what the fuck? What's going on there? How's that happening? 
That's, oh, that's, that's like that's... it's scary that that happened to me. And then the next scary day, scary for you, Dave. So, you mean? Or scary yeah, scary for me because well? no. I done the, I, I, we done the pods. I posted the pod up and then completely forgot that I had to write a match report. Oh, and I've just sorry. had like a chilled out day, and then it gets to midnight. Like it's it's New Year's Eve, isn't it? Gets to midnight, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Fuck, I haven't done the match report." <laughs> I've just been sitting around, just having like a nice relaxing day. <laughs> totally forgot that I had a match report today. It's like, what's going on with like my brain's just completely scrambled. Do you think that's because of uh, mm-hmm. the like the team? It's sort of affecting your um, like your brain cells and that, just because your your head's kettled about it, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Gotta be that, it? No, I think I'm just getting old, like the team. <laughs> you know, I a bit, bit polite to say so, Dave. But if you want, if you think that's what it is, then yeah, I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm just yeah. uh, old and off the pace, like our midfield. <laughs> and now we've good, got the beauty of like almost two weeks to stew on this before the next league game. Yeah, because the FA Cup game doesn't tell us anything. Although it should tell us, he should be playing. A, he should play in a fairly strong team in that. You've got. Yeah. You haven't got. Get, it's a week, week on week game, and we we've just come off a back of a of a pretty bad defeat, so you don't want to be. I know it'll be at Anfield, and, and Wolves aren't great, but you want to be putting out a team that can put a performance there and put some momentum back together. Yeah, Losing to them really isn't a good idea right now. It shouldn't be like, you know, four or five kids in there or anything like that. It should be like fairly close to full strength you know there's no reason not to I think Kelleher will probably play the real um, Carvalho might come in Carvalho oh. maybe comes in so come I'd play bench. Nunez oh, yeah, and so Salah yeah. and Salah because they need the games I they don't need think the we've, got, we've got a choice we haven't really got the options to bring in I, mean, well, I, there is I think that. Gakpo will play yes but I'd get that three on the pitch together yeah get as, him as soon as now. possible and say right you know use this one to um Get tuned build in, up yeah. a little bit of understanding mm. for like for when the, the league games come up but then again you can also say like that this game's really important because it's it's our best chance of winning something isn't it yeah mm. yeah it is yeah so you think um the scottish kids going back to him think he might be involved or no no, no. i think on the bench but uh it's start. He, might, he, he might not even be on the bench if you've got more chance involved. of dog starting him in I think oh. that's who he meant. Is that no, he meant Ramsey. Ramsey. Oh, Sorry. did you mean Ramsey? Yeah. yeah. No, I think you play Trent in that one. Oh. I think Gomez will play there. Good mm. shout. Yeah, good shout. No, I think Trent will play. I think there's enough space in between no, the games. I, I, I think Robbo will play after Simicass's stinker tonight. Mm. And I think Trent won't play. It'll be Gomez. Mm. That's how I see it. Uh, and I don't know about the midfield. Because we've got no midfielders, as we Kater. spent the last hour talking about. <laughs> yeah, of Kater, Baz, Hens all come back Hens in for that, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think we missed Hens out tonight. I know it's not what people wanted to hear, but we definitely missed them tonight. I think just. Well, I don't we, think we wouldn't have been think, any worse. I don't no, know. If I don't think we'd have been any better, no. because we weren't coping with what Brent. Well, some people would say it wasn't Brentford who did anything. It was us, but. We weren't we weren't really coping with what they were doing. I don't think Hendo would have done much with that anyway. I don't think they did much though. <laughs> they didn't need to do much. Well, they did on set pieces though. Yeah. Which is that's all they wanted from us. That's they they they're like the second or third best team for set pieces in the mm. league. They know exactly what they're doing. They want them. So we and we didn't cope with it at all. So they did exactly what they wanted. I don't know. Yeah. 
oh, it's just shit, isn't it? As you say, we've got to we've got to wait now until like the weekends, and I don't really feel like that tells us too much. It's not even about what it tells us now. I, I know, I know all I need to know. I, I needed these three games to see if like the break had, had done anything for us, and it hasn't. We're the same no. as we were before. We're going to have games where like we we look really good in spells, but probably not for the full game. And um, we're going to have games where it just doesn't work. And we're gonna there'll be games like Leicester where we might ride our luck and get the win. There'll be games where we play quite well and win, and there'll be games like that tonight. I think this is the this three games that we've just had is like probably how the whole season's gonna go now. The rest yeah. of the season. Right, the be next league game that that doesn't fill me with confidence right now. Well, I, I, watched, well. I watched their game with Arsenal, and at times Arsenal were brilliant, and and I was like, oh fucking hell, this is bad. Arsenal are actually the real deal. They look really good. But I also thought there were spells in that game where Brighton were totally outplaying them and looked good themselves. Yeah. And they, they could have scored four or five goals. And well, they scored three at Anfield, didn't they? Yeah, but the I, season, yeah. I, 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 do you know what? My dad said that. My dad's like, we drew 3-3 three, three with these, didn't we? And I was like, did we? Absolutely <laughs> no recollection of that. I had to Google it. I was like, oh yeah, Trossard got it. Well, actually, uh, I remember it now. Remembering I know. First game, I know. Dave, you have got but, problems. But to be fair, he went to that game. That's the reason why he remembered it because he was actually oh. at the game, wasn't he? Whereas like normally he's as bad as me for remembering stuff like that. But yeah, yeah he was like, well, yeah, we that was um, that was the Zerbi's first game, and we were blaming on the fact that we didn't know how they play. Mm. We're doing a lot of blaming things on another another factors apart from the people actually coaching and playing for the team this season. Yeah. Well, although again, I I should say obviously, you know, Klopp's not going to come out and go, yeah, fuck that one up, didn't I? Although I think again tonight, the the three subs at half time is is pretty damning on both himself and the players. It's like that hasn't worked. You're all shit. I'm changing this. Yeah. So there, that, I think that's the mo- the closest you're going to get. But it's it's Klopp's the pretty good at coming up with weak excuses like the wind or the pitch or I didn't know who the manager was, so I didn't know what to do. Do you think there's a, a possibility that like the this hamstring thing with Virgil is just to avoid the hundred percent, hundred percent? Someone's gone to and went strap that up and get it back and then go sit on the bench. Otherwise, so we don't have to thinking. answer questions about you yeah. being taken off. Hundred percent, I mm. think that's what it is. I wouldn't go hundred percent, but I wouldn't rule it out either. I would because it's exactly the sort of thing I do to a, to someone who's been that loyal and that good for me. I go, I if you're making that sub at half time, you go Virg. We're bringing you off, and he's going to go. No, boss. No, no, no. I said, no. I'm taking you off for your own good. You need a rest here. We'll say we'll say it's a hammy, but you're coming off. It's up to you. And then you and then you go. Matter, fucking warmed up. And then Virgin. No, no, Virgin. No, no, no. No, sit down. You stood down. Stand down. They never done that for Big Day, John. They just hooked him. <laughs> Twenty minutes. Yeah, well, I think he, I think he would have ended up burrowing himself into the ground to Australia, like digging himself such a deep hole. Yeah, I think that was like he's either going to kill himself live on TV on the pitch, or he's going to have to come off. And I, do you know though, what I like? You said though, didn't you? Like uh, fairly recently, will we do that? You know, yeah. if, if he's not doing it, will will like will he be brave enough to say right? You know what? You dropped, or we're going to sub you. I've, it like it, I'll be, uh, all right. No, not one hundred percent. Ninety nine percent. I think that's what it was. It might be a hammy. I tell you what I did like about Robo taking the captaincy after that like Canate mistake for the for the third goal. There was like a little bit of uh, a little bit more of heads being lost, and Canate especially was stomping around sulking, and Robo got them all over and like just like, all right. Look, first of all, he, he, when they were all badgering the ref, he was like, yeah, all of you shut up. I'll, t- I'll deal with it. I'll yeah. talk. I'll talk to him. You just pack it in. 
And then uh, when when the heads had gone, he got them all round and he went, "This doesn't. We stop this right now. It's happened. We move, we're gonna have to move on. Get over it." And I thought like that's like you know Hendo Hendo's pretty good at that, but like I've never seen it. Maybe he's just showing off. So you can lip read know. Scottish. Of course, <laughs> he seems to know like a lot about what he said. I didn't have a clue what he said. I was trying to lip read, but it, 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 it was it was basically it's that's gone. Yeah, we, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that's gone. Move on, get over it, move on. You could you could tell by the body language, especially to Canati, because he was like, "Come here," and he was stomping around. You know, he was like saying, "Oh, you know, uh, something French, something French," and he was like, "Come here." I know what's happened. I know you're not happy, but you're moving on. Stop it. You can just tell by the way he was like gesturing at him. Team Darwin was just nodding. This was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, Darwin's I, like, <laughs> did I? So that goal that went in, did that count? I what? Did that count? No, it was offside, Darwin. What? Yeah. It's like, don't worry about Darwin. Ah, Darwin's Darwin. just like, <laughs> just needs a goal. I think he's got the Escher stink on him. You've given him my boy status there, and he's just like, <laughs> it doesn't work with for Liverpool players. It only works for non-Liverpool Some players. You, style. you put, you put, yeah, you put I'm the Solanke boy. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've given him the full Solanke. No way. He's what he is. He's in the Peter Crouch run here. Yeah. When Crouchy was playing well and not scoring, that's all it is. It's the crowd, but it needs to end. It, it because we need goals off him. And um, again, we can't keep saying, "Oh, we got all these great attackers, and then we're not scoring goals." And if we're gonna keep digging ourselves holes, then we bet. Like at least when we had the uh, the jet powered racing snakes back in the Lovren era, we'd go, "Yeah, we will just score more than you." Now I can't guarantee it. I don't think we look that cohesive going forward. No. No, we do in flashes, but we just don't put it together for like sustained spells. And anyway, twenty twenty three is going to be fun. Yeah, <laughs> can't believe we've been going for over an hour and a half here as well. It's like a group therapy session when you get beaten like this, though, isn't it? Are, are you feeling better? Because I'm not. Well, I'm going to go watch Taskmaster's uh, New Year's treat, so I'll feel better after watching that. Don't even know what I'm going to do. Will I'm... you watch the traitors? Yeah, I might do. I just wish there was a new Traitors that I could watch. It's probably a foreign one, isn't it? Was it on another country? I might no, see I if think I can download a... that. I think, the, I think it was on in another country as well. So, Yeah, if you haven't watched The Traitors, people, get on it. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> None of you to listen to me except Brownie. And me and Stu watched it. And after I was talking about it on the pod the other week, Brownie got tempted and he, he binge watched it. Like He was messaging me like the next day. He's like, oh, I'm five episodes in now. It's amazing. So yeah, you just need to get on it. No, no, I'll stick with Taskmaster, thanks. Oh yeah, let's just let's just call it a night. There's not more to add, is there? No. If anyone's still listening at this point, I know, yeah, because we're just drifting now, aren't we? (laughs) Sorry about that, people. (laughs) We've just (laughs) lost our way a little bit, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so we'll be back uh, after Wolves. Hopefully, we'll be in a better mood after that one. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening, and yeah, Happy New Year. Catch you soon.